Good morning, everybody. Uh, <clears throat> it's, a, it's really a privilege to be able to uh, speak here this morning. Uh, James already said he was my son-in-law, and uh, when uh, my son-in-law and my wife, Kathy, and my daughter, Emily, get together, since I've retired, they have all sorts of things they think I should do. One of them was this morning. <laughs> but I'm really happy to be here. I, I went to James and I said, listen, um, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a, a, a famous author. I'm not a, a, a musician. I'm just an old football coach. I hope people show up. I mean, is anybody going to come to this thing? He goes, don't worry. Don't worry. And I said, could you give me some talking points or just, just, some, just some outline of what you think they'd like to hear? So he proceeded to do that. I asked him for Bible verses, different things that, that I have my own things I wanted to talk about, but I thought he's my pastor. He's not only my son-in-law, but he's my religious leader, my guide. And he was very, very generous. And he said, one more very, very important thing. I said, what is that? Don't talk too long. I said, what goes around comes around, because I always say that to him when, I'm, when he's preaching at our church. I sit in the back, and I kind of go like this, if it gets going. So thank you for coming, and uh, like I said, it's a, it's a real privilege. I want to clear up something before I get started, though. Most of the time, if you paid any attention, uh, now I haven't coached in a, in a while, but it, Typically, the newspapers or, or the television, when, whenever, I was an emotional coach, and every picture, every quick snap of me had me either looking mad or yelling at somebody. And I want you to know, I'm not, I'm not that bad. I'm really not. There, there's a good side to me, and I'm glad you, uh, James touched on that just a little bit. Uh, but I don't have as much stress in my life now. My life is really different, and I'm going to touch on that just a little bit. Uh, today I'd like to share my journey and my family's journey, my religious journey, and then how our life has changed now since football's kind of been out of the picture just a little bit. We have settled, this, decided to settle in this area. We grew up in California, and uh, we love Seattle. We love this area. My, my grandkids and my kids, for the most part, all live in this area. It's, it's, it couldn't be any better. It couldn't be any better. And then we belong to Highland Covenant Church. And uh, those most of you know where that is. And James is the pastor, of course. But I want to. there's a bunch of people from Highland here in the audience. And when um, I saw them at church last Sunday and I was ushering, they came in and said, we're going to be there next Sunday. Don't be nervous. We're going to be there. And every time someone said that, I got more nervous. I got more, <laughs> more choked up. But I want to say, I want to uh, shout out to the people here from our church. And th the same, look at the same could be said for all your churches, I'm sure. But these are the folks I know. And they have become a real inspiration to me. I don't get to tell them that because it gets kind of too sticky, you know. But I'll tell them that now. It, they are a real inspiration to me on how they go about serving and the different programs they're involved with and how they their Christian witness is, is very special. So thank you for that, my fellow parishioners at Highland 
Covenant Church. Yesterday we had, we were over at Highland Middle School, which is right across the street. And I have to tell you, it, with all, throwing all humility aside, my job when I went over there, they have a, a wall as you enter the, the school, just a concrete wall, and it was probably painted in 1930. <laughs> and my job was to sand it down and paint it. And then I, I grabbed my granddaughter, Mary, James's daughter, and I said, come on, we're going to do this together. I've got to tell you, if you go to, into that school, that wall is beautiful now. It's kind of this, it's kind of this pinkish, it's nice, you know, and uh, I like to take credit for that, but Mary did most of the work, so thank you, Mary, for that. Um, my faith journey. I, I, I grew up, much like Aaron, in a, in a Christian home and uh, with wonderful parents, grandparents who cared about me. Uh, from Sweden, they'd come over, they owned a Swedish-American bakery in San Francisco, and I was a city kid, grew up in the city. And I think we were at church, I probably, as a kid, I was probably at church more than any single person in the world. You know, my parents were my chairman of the church, they sang in the choir, my grandparents were custodians over there, and in those days, you had Wednesday night prayer meeting, you had, uh, you know, all day Sunday, uh, church services, youth group, uh, Monday, it was just like I was over there a lot. And it was special. It was good. The, the foundation that was laid for me and my, kid, my si siblings, my brothers and sisters, was very, very special. People prayed for us in the church. We knew that. And it was a wonderful, wonderful way to grow up. Uh, church, family, and athletics. Sports were a very, very important part of my upbringing. You know, I've always been rather tall and, and large. So uh, I, was a, I got a football scholarship to USC and uh, you know, went down there and something clicked with me where that foundation that I had been raised with uh, dropped away. And I was starting to direct my own life. And there wasn't a doubt in my mind that I was going to be a professional football star, make all this money, and maybe even be a famous movie actor, you know, because USC, they were big in the movie business. And so that was, I was, I was going. That was the way I was going to go. Well, as things happen to all of us, it doesn't quite go according to your plan all the time. You know, with injuries and different things, my playing career wasn't what I thought it was going to be, even though I got drafted in the pros, you know, that was shortened. And then all of a sudden, my dreams, or the things I thought were very, very important to me, ended. No more football as a player. You know, the movie thing never really had a chance. I'll be honest with you. you know. <laughs> but so I came home to San Francisco, and again, my grandparents, my parents. But fortunately, because of the foundation that I had as a, as a youngster, the verses that became very, very important to me when I was young came back to me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. 
And because of the foundation, because of the people in my church praying for me, because the people extended themselves to me, you know, I was able to reconnect and get back to my foundation, and it served me well ever since. And that ver those verses, still, I think about them all the time. You know, in the football business, uh, not unlike a lot of your lives, okay, you, you take wide turns sometimes, or you take, you fall into a hole and you've got to climb back out, or whatever it is. And so that has always been a very foundational part of my belief system, and I, I believe it to this day. Uh, the best thing that happened, the absolute best thing that happened to me when I came back home from my pro thing was I married Kathy. Now, we've been married. Go ahead. You know, uh, now that I've retired, she's a little bit bossy, but, but we've been married 45 years, and uh, she says, we were married when we were 23, but at 13, she says I proposed at 13, so that's really 55 years, but we had a stretch in there where we didn't see each other very much, but it's been 45 years, and she has been a, a, a wonderful example to me of what this day and yesterday is all about, about helping others, about service, about extending yourself, about doing some things you're not always comfortable with, but you want to do it. And she, she is wonderful that way. Um, at that time, I didn't know what I was going to do. I really had no job. A couple of old coaches, my high school coaches reached out and said, why don't you come up to high school and coach? And so I said, okay. One thing led to another. I went back and got a teaching credential. I started in high school coaching. I was a high school history teacher and coach for 11 years. And then one thing led to another, San Francisco State University, BYU, uh, then the San Francisco 49ers, then all of a sudden Green Bay, and then Seattle. And then a couple years in Cleveland where I was the president, that wasn't that much fun, I'll be honest with you. you know? <laughs> but that was my journey. And all the way along the line, as, as with you in your journey, you know, you have probably hundreds of instances where you're referring to a verse you remember or someone who reached out to you or things like that to help you through some tough spots or some doubt. And, and, and that was me. And but I want to kind of share two or three verses or two or three times specifically where that happened. Um, when I was with San Francisco in 1988, we won the Super Bowl. I was an assistant coach. In those years, coaches were on one-year contracts. It's quite different today. One-year contracts. And I had little kids. And we win the Super Bowl. And Bill Walsh, who was a famous coach for the San Francisco 49ers, all of a sudden in his press conference after the game says, I'm retiring. I go, what? You know? Because the Super Bowl was February 1st, and my contract ended February 7th. So I'm going, now typically... New coaches come in, and you know, typically, the old guys go out, they bring their guys in. So I'm saying, I'm going to be out of work in four, five days. I don't know how I'm going to pay for things. Uh, you know, and it was a, you know, I, I didn't know. So, I, you know, I referred to, again, I went, went to the chaplain of the 49ers, said, listen, I'm kind of nervous about this. You know, what do you think? And he goes, let me give you some verses. So he gave me this verse. And it was, let me find it here, Philippians 4, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We talked for a little while. I listened to that verse, and, and it's true. It's true. The, there's this peace that came over me. I said, listen, why, I'm, my life, if I believe in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, then I have to know things are going to be okay. Somehow, some way, things are going to be okay. And that was a real, real comfort to me. The... Um, 1989, I stayed with the 49ers, became the coordinator. 1989, we won the Super Bowl, the second one in a row. We won that. All of a sudden, I was a hot shot. You know, I, I had a chance to be a head coach in the league. And I had only been, I was five years removed from being a, a you know, high school coach, essentially, six years. I decided to stay in San Francisco. And we almost go to a third one, but then things started to happen. Injuries, whatever. Joe Montana, you've heard of, got hurt. Steve Young, who we, was our backup, he got hurt. So now we're not playing so well. And I'm driving home one night, and I turn on the radio, and the first thing I hear is, how dumb is Holmgren? That's the first thing I hear. So I went, I went from being like the hotshot coach to not having an ounce of intelligence. you know. And we're playing a game, and we're going to win the game, and the back keeps running out of bounds at the end instead of staying in bounds. And we're trying to kill the clock. And I'm upstairs in the booth, and I go, tell him to stay in bounds. Just call the play, stay in bounds, get tackled. He kept running out of bounds. The whole crowd in San Francisco starts chanting, no more sweeps, no more sweeps. And it's directed right at me because I'm calling the plays. So I'm, I'm crushed, you know, and I go into the locker room. I drive it home. It's late. I get home. And I think I want to get a little encouragement from my wife and family. I've got four daughters. Emily is my, she's asleep, or I think she's asleep. She's about six, seven years old. And I quietly go in there, and I said, <clears throat> hi, honey. Sleep good. Pleasant dreams. She goes, good night, sweeper. So it happens, it happens to, the, it happens. We go to Green Bay, I get my job there, and the big thing that, that uh, helped, helped us win there was getting Reggie White. And we recruited Reggie White, and the big thing at the time, there weren't a lot of black folks, African-American people in, in Green Bay, and the free agency, how do you get them to this little town in Wisconsin? And so I, I flew down to Reggie's house, in, uh, in Tennessee. Uh, those of you who don't know, remember him. He was, he was probably the greatest defensive player I, I've ever been around. And he was an ordained Baptist minister, very devout Christian man. And he, had, he went on the tour. He went to Washington. They gave him the keys to the city. He went to Cleveland. They gave him leather jackets and all this stuff. They, and I'm going to our meeting. I said, he's coming here to Green Bay in a week. What are we going to give him, a block of cheese? What? what, what? How, how, are we, how are we going to compete with this? And so they said, don't worry, don't worry. So he comes in, and he likes it. He liked the small town. He liked us. He liked the staff. He liked everything about it, but it's still small. So he goes home. I go home that night. The next night, I phone him. Reggie, 
this is God. I want you to go to Green Bay. Now, fortunately, he took it the right way. You know, and, and, and the rest was kind of, the rest is kind of history. Fast forward in 1996, we win the Super Bowl. And uh, in New Orleans, I came into the locker room. The coaches, head coaches' locker room is separate. All the players, you can imagine, they're jumping around. In my locker room, there was the president of the Packers, all the attorneys, all these guys I didn't see that much until we won. You know, they're in the locker room, and they're all excited, and they're going. And I, I had a moment. I said, uh, could all you guys leave? Could you leave me alone? Because I want to be in here by myself. And they all looked at me like I got hit in the head. They, they didn't know how to respond. So I said, no, I just need some time. So they all left. And I sat there and I prayed. And uh, it, it, it is one of those moments where all of a sudden you go, you know, something in my professional life just happened. It's very, very special. Very special. But it's not as important as my faith, my belief in you, my family, all those things. It just kind of came over me. So I had, I had that moment, and, and that was one of, those, one of those times. In 2006, when the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl, we lost the Super Bowl, but the same type of moment took place, that you go from something, the pinnacle of your profession, so to speak, to getting very close to going in there again. But my feelings in the little locker room by myself was the same. You know, what's important? What do I want my life to be? And uh, those types of thoughts and prayers. And, and of course, that Kathy didn't go to that Super Bowl. You know the story, I think, some of you. Uh, September of 2006, my daughter, Calla, who's a doctor, was going to go to Africa in the Congo and uh, help, you know, teach the doctors and so on there. And it happened to be going to the exact same place Kathy had gone to as, as a, out of college 35 years previous. So I said, listen, this is September. I said, look, as a birthday present, I'll, 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 we'll pop for this. You go with Kala and you go with her. Oh, okay, okay. So we're playing the football season and, and we get close and we're in the playoffs and so on and so on. So we finally win the championship game against Carolina. And I said, we'll get home. And I said, when are you going to when are you going to go to Africa? And she said, February 6th. I said, well, that's when the Super Bowl is. And we hadn't talked about it. Just two weeks, but everything was all set. I go, she goes, you want me to stay home? I said, no. You go. You know, and she did. And I go to the Super Bowl, and you go, you have these press conferences with hundreds of people. And because my wife wasn't there, at the beginning of the week, they thought our marriage was in trouble. And so they wanted to write all this stuff, you know? And uh, they did, and then little by little, little by little, it became apparent, the story became, she was in Africa. My last production meeting before the game, you meet with Al Michaels and John Madden and all the producers and all these lawyers and all these guys, and we talk about the game, Thursday night. We're finished, I start to leave, and Al Michaels goes, now where is Kathy? I said, she's in Africa. I said, we want to get a film crew in there. I said, 
you can't get a film crew in there. She's in a little village somewhere. There's no electricity. There's nothing. You can't get in there. He goes, where is she? I said, you can't get in there. Where is she? So I told him, and sure enough, they got in there, and they filmed it. So at halftime of the game, when everyone started to leave the church to go get food, and the Rolling Stones happened to be the, the halftime entertainment, I think, here is Kathy representing Medical Teams International, and that was a big show at halftime. Very, very special. And as a result, it led to a lot of fund funding from the government, the, the federal government, to, to, for MTI and their work overseas. So, you know, the, the, yeah. Not everybody gets to go to Africa or, or different places. You know, that's why yesterday and today and what we do in our community is so important because those are things we can do. We live here. This is who we are. We live here. So when we talk about service or extending yourself, that's what we're talking about. Um, I had the privilege after I retired to go with Kath uh, on, on a couple of these mission trips that she goes on. We went to Mexico and Oaxaca and put in concrete floors for people that lived on the dirt and had nothing, they were poor, poor, nothing. And then Guatemala, we put in stoves that got in their huts that got the, the smoke that they, they would cook and they would use fire pits. And the smoke was damaging the, the little kids' lungs. And it, we put in uh, stoves to get the smoke out of there. And when I was in Mexico, we were on, we were on a... We were, I was wheel-bearing concrete up to pouring the floors, and it was hot. And this poor group of people, uh, all of a sudden, one of the mothers, the Mexican mothers, came up and handed me an ice-cold bottle of water. And they bought that water. And she probably paid a month's or a week's salary for that bottle she gave me. Big smile on her face. And when you get a chance to do things like that, whether it's there or at home, you're never, you, you, things aren't the same. You're changed. Same thing happened in Guatemala. After we put in the stoves, we'd sit around with the families, hold hands, and pray. And there were tears and, and hugs. and It was hard to communicate because they didn't understand me. I was a lot taller than everybody. But... Those are special, special moments, and, and I've been blessed to be able to do some of those things. I have four daughters, beautiful daughters, two teachers. Yeah, school, school teachers. We talked about school teachers. A, a, a doctor who lives in Salt Lake City. She's my one daughter that's not in the area. And then Gretchen, my youngest, is a, 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 a prosecuting attorney in, Kent, in Seattle. Uh, and they, along with their mother are always been an inspiration to me because they're compassionate, they're moral, they care about people, they, they're lovely that way. And, um, and now we're trying to instill that in our grandchildren. It's a little bit of a struggle because we have nine and they range from three to 15. You know how that goes. They're with me all summer and at the end of the summer I'm glad to be home because I'm exhausted. But I'm very, very lucky with our family, and uh, I thank God for my kids every day. This is a day of celebration, a day of celebration for all of us. And I thank you for your participation.
in service in this community. Um, I used to tell my team during the cor course of the season, when I talked to them, I'd say, okay, now you're preparing, you, you give me everything you have. You never want to go home and look in the mirror and say, I, I wish I would have done that, I wish I would have done this. I said, you don't want to do that. You want to give me everything you can give me, physically, mentally, preparation-wise, and so on. And they do that. They would do that. And then when you get to the playoffs and the Super Bowl, I can remember talking to him and saying, you know what, you gave me, you have given me and you have given each other everything you could. You, I, there's nothing you could have done better. And now I'm asking you to do one, take one more step. You know, you, you think you're, you think you're at, the, at your limit, and I'm saying you're not. Take one more step. And they did that. And that would be my challenge for us, for me, for you, for this community. Uh, you heard the statistics. It's wonderful stuff. It's, it, it, it's, it's good for the community. It's good for our churches to be involved this way. And now my challenge today would be whatever we've been doing at Highland or any of the other churches in the area, as churches or as individuals, okay, take the next step. Tell yourself, I'm going to do one more thing. One more thing. And, and you'll see how gratifying it is. You'll see how blessed you are. And you'll see what it means to this community. This is a special place. This is our community. So that's my challenge to you today. I want to close with Ephesians 2.10. We are, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you for your service, and God bless you. Thank you.